the Fantasy Show on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Show Ali, Matt Marchese on this waiver wire edition of the show, the podcast. Thank you for being alongside us as we break down all of the waiver wire action coming your way uh, tomorrow on when waivers process, fab dollars, your waiver priorities, whatever it is, we're here to help you get through it. And Matt, if we look back to the most recent game on the NFL slate, Broncos at Chargers, boy, that... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that game left a lot to be desired after the first quarter. Okay. I'm just seeing this on TV right now. The QB rating for Russell Wilson was nine. After the first quarter, he went five of 18 for 72 yards. That is literally it. Like I just, I don't think there is a single member of the Denver Broncos offense. We saw uh, Melvin Gordon get essentially benched. I think he had three carries in the entire game. Like there's not a single guy. And I say this, with uh, some disappointment because I am, I have a lot of shares of Cortland Sutton, but there's not a single guy in this offense. You can really trust right now. Is there no, well, the QB rating that's out of 10, right? Like it was nine. Oh no, wait, it's not nine out of ooh, 10. Ooh. Oh, right. Okay. Um, yeah, we, we thought, we thought when Javante Williams went down, that it was going to be Melvin Gordon. And then it, and then last, and then last night it wasn't. And then it's like, okay, well, if it's not Melvin Gordon, it's gotta be Mike Boone, right? Cause Mike Boone had a really good game the week prior. It's not Mike Boone. So it becomes Latavius Murray. Like I saw a tweet that says when you, when you can, when you have the opportunity to run your offense through Latavius Murray, you must do it. Obviously that was very tongue in cheek, but I mean, I think Jerry Judy led the team in receiving uh, in terms of yardage. Greg Dolchich was the guy who ended up catching the touchdown, the rookie tight end who I think, who is going to make uh, who who's going to make an appearance on a lot of waiver wire pickups this week? It's not somebody that that we have on our list today, but you know Albert O was a healthy scratch, and and I do wonder. There was lots of reports when the season started that Greg Dulcich was or Dulcich, I think it's Dulcich, but I'm going to go with Dulcich is is going to be the the starting tight end for this team as a rookie, and sure enough, uh, he, he certainly looked the part in yesterday's game, but it, it, that Denver offense is just a nightmare. Nathaniel Hackett looks completely overmatched, which is kind of disappointing because I thought that he did. I mean, I know Matt LaFleur did a lot of the the play calling in green Bay, but I, I thought Nathaniel Hackett was going to have a really, um, a really successful tenure in Denver. And honestly, show, I wonder how much of that is just the fact that, Russell Wilson sucks right now. And and if you don't have a good quarterback in the NFL, it's it's really hard. Like I saw um, a fellow uh, colleague of ours, friend of ours, Mark Boffo, who's mm-hmm. a, a producer at The Fan, he showed me a, a picture today of three different plays in which Russell Wilson did not see the guy who was wide open about eight yards in front of him. Like nobody around him. And there's at least three instances of reads that he did not get right. And they are so egregious. And I know that you can point that out about lots of different quarterbacks. But the difference is, is that like if Josh Allen misses a read or Patrick Mahomes misses a read or, you know, insert great quarterback at this moment, Lamar Jackson missing a read. It's like, okay, he missed one, but he's still incredible. Russell Wilson is way more under the magnifying glass right now because he has been just dreadful outside of one or maybe two games this year. 
Yeah, boy. He like I know there are some injuries plaguing him. Like he has the shoulder injury. He got the shot for it after the game. Hackett says he's dealing with some kind of hamstring injury. And I thought to myself, yeah, I thought to myself, you know that gif of Jennifer Lawrence when she's like, yeah, okay, like that's kind of yeah. what that's what went through my mind. Or like the the from from uh, from Anchorman when he goes like, I don't believe you. That's kind of, that's kind of what I came to mind because I thought to myself, okay, it just feels like he's making an excuse for how poorly Russell Wilson has played this season. It's not been great. And like you said, the the poor play of Russell Wilson has essentially tanked the value of literally, literally every single fantasy relevant player on the Denver Broncos offense. And remember, we thought when Russell Wilson went to Denver in the first place, that they were going to be one of the most fantasy plentiful offenses in the entire NFL, like Russell Wilson himself. Certainly either of the two running backs with Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon injury to Williams can't be helped. That just is freak, you know, a freak accident. No one could have predicted that. But then even if you look at the wide receivers, Corlin Sutton, Jerry Judy, people thought maybe KJ Hamler would be somewhat relevant, right? Based on what Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf and other guys, right? Maybe, uh, maybe the tight ends as well. All these guys were players. We at least in part talked about, and now their value is, is I don't want to say like non-existent, but now I, I think, and look, look, I'll take Sutton. Cause I mentioned him before Sutton. Now, Matt is, is like, I think the epitome of the player who you almost dread having to put in your own starting lineup, but you can never trade him because he has basically no value and you can't like drop him because who's dropping Cortland Sutton because he's so talented, but like you, you, there's no consistency. Like I know fantasy football is already just as a general, as a general view built on, uh, like there's a lot of luck that goes into it, but man, if you put in Sutton or, or Judy or anyone into your lineup right now, you're basically like praying that they catch a touchdown right now. Well, and, and, a lot of what we do when we play fantasy football is we we tend to we tend to you know worry about draft capital when we start when we set our lineups and the draft capital and I, I want to stress this because I think people get caught up in it. The draft capital means nothing if the guy isn't producing. You can't put a guy in just because of his name. Like if Cortland, if the way the offense is going right now and Cortland Sutton's unstartable, he's unstartable. It's pretty simple. It's just, it's just like, you know, Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady, they, they might just be unstartable. Russell Wilson, unstartable. And you may have invested a high pick, maybe not in the quarterbacks, but you probably invested a fairly high pick in Cortland Sutton. And if he's not performing, he's not performing. I'm not saying drop him, but you might have to be really selective of, maybe just going with Cortland Sutton when the matchup favors him and then playing matchup dependent lineups as you progress through the season. We do get caught up in like, oh, I, I drafted Najee Harris in the first round. I have to start him. Well, no, you don't because he's not performing like a first round pick. He's not even performing like a 15th round pick at this point. So I think we get caught up in that. And I think that's a lot of uh, it's mistakes that people make. And sometimes we just need to kind of get over the whole ego of the thing work the waiver wire because that's where a lot of championships are won and and you have to make your lineup accordingly and I, I think so many people just get caught up in I got to start this guy because I drafted him high and, and a lot of times it doesn't work out in your favor I oh, I think the reason people do that to an extent also is because you drafted a guy so highly chances are your backup options are <laughs> probably not that great like just just based on like the law of averages especially and then here's another thing too this year and we could talk about this more on Sunday but this year, Matt, off like league offense 
the across the entire NFL is down by like 13 points a game, which just for a real life watch of any basic, uh, basically any NFL game makes it just, I think that much, unless you're like a super hardcore fan of defense, it just makes it that much less enjoyable. But for fantasy purposes, it basically means there's like what two touchdowns basically per game that are not being scored by literally anyone. It's like, not even that these, these are going to the, the, the random tight ends of the world or your, like your third string running backs of the world and so on like it's not like on on, uh, on Sunday we saw like Jamichael Hasty vulture a touchdown away from like either James Robinson or Travis Etienne and then the other two rushing touchdowns in that in that same game were scored by Trevor Lawrence like there's no way you could have predicted I any of those things but it's just like it's not even like touchdowns are being scored by those guys it's it's that touchdowns are not being scored by anyone so when Lee offense is down it makes the the margin for error so much smaller, and I think a lot of people are suffering as a result. Like I think you see a lot less, a lot a lot less of like hundred and forty point outings from your team, and a lot more hundred point outings from teams as well. You know, I'll quickly before we get to our waiver wire stuff. Actually, own- I had a stat. I had a stat ahead, there yeah, show ahead. as well. Ahead, just yeah, before yeah. you get to that, um, just about the offense. So uh, somebody had sent me this. Um, and the tweet was, and I don't know who sent it because they just sent it in a group message. But it said something, something about football feels off right sluggish and then they said that's because the first six weeks of fantasy scoring are the lowest in 13 years yeah, that's crazy. down 22 percent from last year <laughs> we're seeing it in primetime games there's a severe shortage of consistently high-powered offenses the other thing is show with that conversation is is that the high-powered offenses the buffaloes the kansas cities they're still going at a pretty reasonable clip but teams are starting to figure out how to play against the other offenses. That's the big difference. I think defenses are playing better. Look at what the Bills did against Patrick Mahomes. I know he threw for a lot of yards, but Patrick Mahomes threw his first red zone pick, and he had the pick late in the game. Two interceptions for Patrick Mahomes, that almost never happens. And the only guy, like Juju had like a, a kind of an odd touchdown, but Travis Kelsey you know, was consistent, and he had over 100 yards. After that, I mean, it was kind of I don't want to say barren, but Patrick Mahomes is just kind of spreading the ball around. And I think we're seeing that a lot across the NFL. Juju Smith-Schuster, gosh. Of course, the the one week I haven't started him after I was like, you know what, I'm fed up. They're playing the Bills too. No, I'm not starting Juju. He goes off for like almost 20 points. So uh, thanks a lot. Thanks a lot, Juju. That's that's fantasy football for you. If you don't like that, you don't like playing fantasy football. I was just going to say before we get to the waiver wire stuff, like in my home league, I I had, we we have a, a $25 uh, uh, I guess like a weekly prize for the highest scoring team of the week. So every team by the end of the season, in addition to like whatever the first place, second place, third place winners get, there's a weekly $25 prize that goes out to the, the highest scoring of every regular season week. And I, I, I feel like I'm always like second or third by just a handful of points. And in, in this particular week, I went into Monday night as the highest scoring team and the next highest scoring team, the only one who had a reasonable chance of catching me had Mike Williams and Justin Herbert. And I thought to myself, okay, well it's done. It's done. So here, look, I'm not, I'm not getting the highest scoring team of the week. I won by, I, I ended up winning that matchup like against the, the, between the two highest scoring teams by one point because Justin Herbert and Mike Williams just were, were again, not invisible, but again, like it goes back to the, 
the offensive conversation we were having, it just, they, a lot of things have not gone right for a lot of teams this year. And the Chargers, another team like the Broncos that we all thought would be super high powered. I mean, a lot of it has to do with injuries and so on. And Austin Eckler is still very, very valuable. Don't get me wrong. But apart from him, like Mike Williams is as inconsistent as it gets. And I'm not sure, like, again, he's kind of falls into the Cortland Sutton part of this conversation as well. Like you can't drop him certainly, but it's, it's, and it's, it's hard not to start him, but I mean, you know, there are not a lot of other options out there. Well, no. And the other thing is, is like we talk about injuries and how it affects that specific player, but how about the injury to Keenan Allen and how it affects Mike Williams? Like we don't talk about that enough because I think people are like, Oh, well, Keenan Allen's in the lineup that automatically means that it's going to hurt. Uh, Mike Williams and that hasn't been the case like Mike Williams had the one really good game against the Chiefs I think he had another game where he was good but other than that he's he's kind of just been like really boom or bust and and I think that's that's the conversation here is that there are injuries there are this there are that but we we don't often look at how an injury affects another player because everybody always jumps to oh next man up like it's great like if cd lamb goes down do you think that that helps michael gallup sure he gets more he gets more targets but in the same breath like is Michael Gallup really good enough to go against the other team's top corner? I'm not sure about that. So that that's part of the conversation that we need to have. And, and yeah, Mike Williams has been kind of the epitome of boomer bust this year. Yeah, boy, it's been a, it's been a weird year. Let's put it that way. It's been a, it's been a strange year so far. And look, it's week seven starts this coming weekend, this coming Thursday, really. So I think uh, there'll be a lot more of these conversations to be had. But I hear I'm hoping and I know you are as well that offenses kind of get a little more back on track. Um, let's get to our waiver wire pickups here because we've uh, we've we've spent a lot of time uh, ruminating on the state of fantasy football. Um, but I want to get to your picks and some some of the wide receivers because we're talking about guys who are filling in, guys who are are popping up as the secondary options and so on. And I know you have two guys, Rondale Moore and Wandale Robinson. Actually, I never even think about saying those two names next to each other until, and then I, now I realize they sound very similar. <laughs> very similar. Um, but Rondale Moore, of course, plays for the Arizona Cardinals, rostered in 46% of Yahoo leagues, and Wandale Robinson in just 8% of Yahoo leagues. And I know we talked about Wandale Robinson of the Giants on Sunday, this past Sunday, about how, oh, he is playing, he was active, not all the a lot of other options for Daniel Jones to throw the ball. So he did catch a touchdown. Hey, that 8%, Matt, I expect it to shoot up. Uh, so what, so wh- what do you think? Like, what do you think a, a reasonable bid for a giants team that has looked pretty good? I mean, I don't want to put to, I'm not, I don't think they're going to win the super bowl or anything, but they're, they're as good record wise as I think the bills are, which is pretty crazy. Good time to be a fan of New York football teams, apparently, because the bills, giants and jets all looking not bad, certainly right now. And, uh, for the Giants, Wandell Robinson is a big part of the passing attack, but still, for uh, the top option for Daniel Jones, I mean, how much should you be spending fab-wise on, on Wandell Robinson? I'm probably in the 20% category here, and, and the reason is is that we know that the offense is not a high-volume uh, passing offense. We, we understand that. The reason why I'm very interested in in what happens with Wandale Robinson is is a couple things. One, he's going to probably be the the highest targeted wide receiver on this team. Two, he's used all over the field, and we've seen how Brian Dayball uses different guys, like especially those those guys that you know, quote unquote, gadget guys. Uh, they they drew up lots of plays for Isaiah McKenzie last year in Buffalo. Brian Dayball did, and and Wandale Robinson 
when he started at Nebraska, had 88 rushing attempts. Then he had 46 rushing attempts with Nebraska the year after. And last and, and last season with Kentucky, they used him more as a receiver where he had 104 catches for 1,334 yards, and he added seven rushes for 111 yards. So they will use him all over the field. And I think I think this past week was just kind of the tip of the iceberg, what we're going to see with Wandell Robinson, because he was coming off the knee injury. Uh, I didn't look at the snap counts, but I'm sure they weren't very high. But this is a player that, and I have seen this comp, and I'm not saying it's going to happen, but the style of Tyreek Hill. And I'm not saying you're going to get Tyreek Hill numbers, so don't, so please, Matt when you Marquise, hear this, do not over says <laughs> that Wondell Robinson is the next Tyreek Hill. That's what we're taking away from this. <laughs> uh, and But what I'm saying is how they use Tyreek Hill with a lot of motion on jet sweeps on yeah. all over the place. I think that's what Brian Dayball is looking to do with Wandell Robinson. I know he's limited in the passing game only because Daniel Jones, I believe, is limited as a passer. But with, you know, this week is like... It is like murderer's row of bye weeks. You have the Bills on a bye. You have the Rams on a bye. You have uh, the Vikings on a bye. And you have the Eagles on a bye. We talk about fantasy scoring being down. Those four teams have top guys at every position, right? So so Wandale Robinson is absolutely a guy that I would be looking at. They have the Jags this week, and the Jags just got torched by the, the Colts on defense. So I, I would I would have... I would have Wandell Robinson pretty close to the the top of my priority list this week. Yeah, I think so too. I think of all the options that are possibly available to you this week, like I know, I know there are other guys, maybe like, I don't know if Alec Pierce is still sitting on the waiver wire. That's a guy we you and I have talked about a couple times now, but if he, if, if not for them, I think, yeah, I, I probably saying that giants wide receiver Robinson, Wandell Robinson is probably the guy. I know he only played 15 snaps on Sunday, but he got still uh, three balls, 37 yards on four targets with a short touchdown. So again, I guess like buyer beware the low passing volume of this offense, but still, I think he is talented enough to still make a difference. And Rondell Moore was the other guy rostered in 46% of Yahoo league. So with those numbers, chances are he is rostered in, in some league, one league or another, especially like if you're listening to a fantasy football waiver wire podcast every Tuesday, chances are you are hardcore enough that the leagues you're in that want Rondell Moore is probably rostered, but on the off chance, he's not 46%. Uh, Robbie Anderson is in Arizona now, now that Marquise Brown is, uh, I don't know if he is out for the year, but certainly he is. Injured. No, but it's going to be a long, a long, yeah, he'll be out for a while. It yeah. sounds like. Yeah. And exactly. So if that's the case, and I know Deandre Hopkins is going gonna to come in and he's going to immediately this week in week seven, assume a whole bunch of that target share, as you imagined he would back in the draft because he was drafted in basically every league, but still there has to be someone to soak up those next targets. And I would imagine Rondell Moore, who actually has been relatively productive, relatively healthy speaking this season, I would imagine is going to be the guy who takes like more than Robbie Anderson, at least who I think is rostered in like around 13% of leagues. Yeah. And, and so Rondell Moore's um, roster percentage actually went up from 19% last week to 46% in Yahoo leagues. So he's gone up, he's gone up a bunch, but the thing is, is like everybody wants to run out to go get Robbie Anderson. Cause he just got traded there. couple factors. One, Robbie Anderson is a, is a, a receiver that plays on the outside Two. Robbie Anderson has to go learn a new playbook that find me the receiver that changes teams mid season that ends up having a, a massive impact. It's not a long list. It's really not a long list. And the other thing is Rondell Moore is a slot receiver. Rondell Moore is used in the slot out of the backfield on 
bubble screens. Like that's, that's what his usage is. He has 18 targets over the last two weeks, including 10 this past week, which he turned into six catches for 49 yards. So in half PPR leagues, full PPR leagues, that's what you want. In standard leagues, I, I would be kind of staying away because I feel like I would almost rather the boomer bust with Robbie Anderson in that case. Um, and I wouldn't be starting him a lot just because I'd be scared. But Rondell Moore's job does not change with Robbie Anderson coming there. They're going to use Rondell Moore the exact same way as they used him before this trade and before DeAndre Hopkins comes in. I don't envision that Robbie Anderson is going to have a ton of weekly success. Like he may have those weeks where he pops for like, you know, three catches for a hundred yards and a touchdown. Like that happens, but that's Robbie Anderson because the next week he's going to have two catches for 17 yards and no score. So I have Rondell Moore fairly high as well. I understand that he's going to be rostered in while well, he's rostered in almost half of Yahoo League. So that kind of tells you everything you need to know. But he's definitely a guy that if he's available, half PPR, full PPR leagues, I would be interested in. And I just say also, I was just trying to find this tweet while you were talking. This is from Ian Rappaport. This is from yesterday. He says, some good news for Arizona Cardinals wide receiver Marquise Brown. Following the MRI, his foot isn't as bad as was initially thought. It's a small, non-surgical fracture. Source said recovery time about six weeks. He is getting a second opinion from Dr. Robert Anderson before moving forward. Look, I, I saw that tweet and I thought to myself, damn, Robbie Anderson got traded to the Cardinals and is already giving people second opinions on their foot. All I could think of was if that was actually the case, you would think that Dr. Robert Anderson would say, oh, Hollywood, ooh, you want to take the job? Oh, you're, you're, done for, you're done for the year, pal. Sorry, it's it's Robbie's time now. <laughs> I just, I saw that, I thought to myself, Unbelievable. That's, that's hilarious. What, what a hilarious coincidence. Like, on, honestly. Yeah. Oh, yeah, man. you don't, you can't make, you can't write that book, buddy. No, you, you can't. can't write that book. You can't write that. I love it, though. But you know what, though? Um, it's a shame. You know, we talk about fantasy scoring going down and everything. Like, Hollywood Brown is having a really, really nice year. And he really started oh, to yeah, pick it up. Yeah. I You just hate when – I hate when anybody gets hurt because it's their livelihood. We forget about that. But, my God, like, when guys are on pace to have, like, a career year, that's the worst. I, I hate that. And I feel really bad for Hollywood Brown there. Yeah, I do too. I hope he comes back strong because he is he was he was a bona fide WR one for any team with the amount of targets he was seeing from Kyler Murray and the amount of the amount of balls he was actually catching. Yeah, I, I hope he comes back strong. And even if he doesn't come back this year, I do I do hope we see that production from him again next year because him next to DeAndre Hopkins. Ooh, I think that's a that's a nice duo. I like that duo. I think that it reminds me to a certain degree of AJ Brown and Devonta Smith, and both those guys have been productive as well this season. So I uh, I like it for them. Um, let's look at some other guys on the waiver wire pickups and I know you had we talked about more we talked about Robinson I know you had a pair of running backs here both rostered in 15% of Yahoo leagues Gus Edwards with the Ravens and of course Latavius Murray with the Broncos and I just I, I wonder on Murray because he is on a team like we just spent a lot of time talking about he's on a team that is bad <laughs> there's no there's no two way about it there the Broncos kind of stink right now so i'm not sure i want too much of this offense having said that any guy who's gonna get a lot of a lot of carries is gonna be worth something fantasy wise but still boy i'm not sure i'm not sure he's higher on the priority list than let's say either moore or robinson the guys we've already discussed yeah no he's he's not i mean my the only reason why he's on here is like he somehow led the team in carries yesterday it makes no sense. Yeah, it makes no sense. He's, like I know, I know the GM loves him because he like uh, George Payton had him in Minnesota. He also had Mike Boone in Minnesota, but like he he led the team in carries a week after being on the practice squad. 
with the New Orleans Saints. Somehow this does not register with me. I have no idea what is going on there. And Nathaniel Hackett's a disaster. But yeah, I mean, if you are if you're having a, a problem at running back, like there is there is an instance where you could have this week on a bye because of where they were all drafted, you could have Devin Singletary, Daryl Henderson, Miles Sanders, and Dalvin Cook on a bye this week. Like, think about that. Yeah. Sure. So you might have to go get Latavius Murray just to get yourself through the week. But that's but that's where we're at with the state of of fantasy football right now. When you have four powerhouse teams that go out on a bye, I mean, and and other guys are struggling. Like, there's it's so. Not that the Broncos have been uh, the epitome of a high-powered offense, but there's so many guys out there that are struggling that, you know, if you can if you can get 15 carries from Latavius Murray and he gets like, you know, 60 yards and he punches one in, you'd, you're laughing all the way to the bank. And it is possible because the passing offense has been terrible. But, I mean, I, he's not high on my priority list because I still feel like Melvin Gordon's in the mix and Mike Boone's in the mix. And, like, are they going to trade Melvin Gordon? Like, I don't see that happening either. So I feel like Latavius Murray is, is just there because it's a recency bias thing. And I know people are going to jump at the chance. My thing would be proceed with caution with him. Like don't spend a ton of your fab on him. Just proceed with caution. Because again, there's a reason why he was on the practice squad with the new Orleans saints as of two weeks ago and not on the active roster every single week. The most I know about Latavius Murray is that he went to UCF and one of my my cousins who lives in Florida and also went to UCF is a is like he's not a realtor, but he's one of those guys that like t- he's a photographer that like takes pictures of houses that go up for sale that like realty agencies use essentially. And uh, he I think he sold he helped Latavius Murray sell his house. I think it was a couple of maybe last season or a couple of seasons ago. And I remember um, my cousin who is not into fantasy football whatsoever, Matt told Latavius Murray in person that I was a big fan of his and and that I rostered him on my fantasy football team and he like sent me a picture of Latavius Murray being like a, like a quick <laughs> like a quick like like a, it was almost like a cameo type video of him being like thanks for drafting me in fantasy football That's, show that is amazing I, I it, was, it was so funny like I just I saw that I, I laughed out loud because I mean yeah like I'm not it's not that I'm not a fan of Latavius Murray but it's not like I'm like every time I look out I like, die oh, hard yeah, have his jersey yeah, diehard Murray fan. I just every time I think of him now, I think of that, and so I I feel like I like him a little bit more, if only for that one reason. Yeah, he's, yeah, he sounds like a, a genuinely good dude. But you're not gonna like if he's on somebody's practice no, squad, no. you're not going to <laughs> no. draft him. Like I love Latavius Murray so much, I gotta have him <laughs> on my roster. I know there are people that are like that but you are not one of them because you are smart. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, like another running back that we've talked about a, a couple times, um, I think in the, like less so less so during the season and more so I think in uh, more so in the, in the preseason and like when we were kind of getting ready for what the Ravens offense would look like has been Gus Edwards and rostered in 15% of Yahoo leagues. Gus is interesting to me. Gus, the bus is interesting to me because again, the RB one on the Ravens offense, his name is Lamar Jackson, right? And so JK Dobbins, I think he was removed as a precautionary thing with a knee tightness. He's clearly not a hundred percent, clearly not all the way back. It was a pretty gruesome injury. He suffered so that he's on the football field at all scoring any sort of touches is I think a, a, a small miracle in itself. And I, I love to see Dobbins on the field because I mean, you know, I've talked about how talented he is when he was in college, but at the same time, 
Gus Edwards is going to be getting some touches. Again, it's just, it's, it's a very high volume rushing offense. It's just, it's going to be hard to predict. I think how many of those rushes are going to go to Edwards, how many of them are going to go to Dobbins. And then of course, how many of them are going to go to Lamar himself? Well, this one is, is a little bit of a preemptive kind of buy here. And, and the reason why I say that is because we're still not even sure if Gus Edwards is going to play on Sunday. Adam Schefter uh, on Monday night football said that he was going to play and that he was going to make an impact. At least that's what I thought I saw. So, I mean, if that's the case and J.K. Dobbins' knee is tightening up a little bit, that's a concern. And Gus Edwards, like I know a lot of people are going to jump at Kenyon Drake because he had a monster week this week, and I get it. Yeah, like Kenyon Drake and Deion Jackson, like those are the guys that end up leading. Like what a what a disaster that was at the running back position this week. But Gus Edwards has had success in this offense with this coach, with the the style of offense that they play. And Gus Edwards was averaging at one point like 5.6 yards per carry in his career. So there is a there is a path to touches here for Gus Edwards because I'm pretty sure at this point he's better than Kenyon Drake. And Kenyon Drake could have just been a one-off thing. Um, the thing is, is if you don't go out and get Gus Edwards this week and he ends up having a big week, you may end up being in trouble. Like if you go pick him up, and like we've talked about on on the Sunday show, if you go pick him up and you have a, a you know an IR spot or or a spot for someone who is out that you can put on the IR, that's the perfect place to stash Gus Edwards. I think you're because right. Yeah, yeah if he if he plays, if he plays, you probably got to start him. If he doesn't, then you just hold on to him for another week because he is he is going to be back. And J.K. Dobbins, like you mentioned, coming off the injury, they're probably going to be a little bit more cautious than other guys would be after coming off of such a serious injury. I still think by the end of the season, J.K. Dobbins is going to be the main running back to own, generally speaking. But still, right now, kind of midseason, there's still a lot of football left to be played. They're going to be careful with them because the Ravens, obviously, I mean, they don't care about our fantasy team. They just care about scoring points and and, and making the playoffs. So um, having said that, they're going to be cautious with Dobbins. But I do think by the end of the season, he will overtake basically all the other guys on this team for the uh, the number one running back role. Um, let's get to a couple more. You have one. I got one as well. Uh, we talked about the Giants offense a little bit and and that low passing volume offense. But having said that, tight ends are always... I mean, look, this year in particular, I mean, it's, it's, I don't think it's actually changed that much year over year in terms of the top guys are the guys you want. And then it's basically a wasteland dart throw after like literally the guys who are not named Travis Kelsey and Mark Andrews, literally everyone else has been a, a crapshoot dart throw every single week. Daniel Bellinger rostered in just 3% of Yahoo leagues with the New York giants, the rookie. He he hasn't looked too bad again, tight ends being what they are, not a bad dart throw but that that kind of to me is all what it is at this point matt a little bit yes and and i will and like i mean here's exactly what i wrote with the tight end landscape being so barren you could do a lot worse (laughs) right he's got touchdowns in back-to-back weeks he led the team in targets i know it was only five but this was a player that they i by the way i hate that i keep doing that i do the the chris collins or this is a guy and we all do it but (laughs) Daniel Bellinger was very highly thought of coming out of college. And when he landed with the Giants, everybody kind of went, nah, I don't love it, but okay, whatever. Maybe they'll get a quarterback. The thing is, is that there's nobody that's better than him on that roster. And as a pass catching option, it may be him and Wandell Robinson that are one and two. And, and in whatever order that you may like, 
you know, and they're, they're, this offense is still moving the ball. They're able to score points. I don't know how, but they're managing to do it. So if you've got a tight end that has maybe a higher touchdown upside than than another one, like, it, you know, for example, in Denver, like, I like Dolchich, but they, they rotate, like, uh, Eric Saubert gets rotated in. Adam Beck gets rotated in. When you look at Seattle, it's it's Noah Fant. It's Colby Parkinson. It's Will Disley. Like, you run into those situations, even in Indy, with Granson, with Mo Ali Cox, and Jelani Woods. And I know Jelani Woods had a big week this week. But that changes every week. If you can go out and get a guy that you know is going to play, like, 90% of the snaps, go out and get him. Like, that's, that's kind of how you have to look at the position right now because at least there's an opportunity there. You just may have the opportunity for more volume, whereas these other guys that are playing, you know, 30% of the snaps as opposed to Bellinger is probably, I would assume he's probably closer to 80. You just you just have more opportunity because he's on the field more. Yeah, it's true. And look, I think, I think again, beyond Kelsey Andrews, you're going to have a tough time predicting things as much as possible. But again, fantasy football is about, is about, I think, reducing that prediction, that luck, that guesswork as much as possible, as much as you can. And, and I think Bellinger has shown, he has shown, I think, enough flashes again in his relatively short career so far that he might be worth exploring uh, a, a pickup. May not, maybe not an every week start, but against teams that are not so great against the tight end position, you could probably, like you said, you could probably do probably do a lot worse. Also real quick. If you are ever want to look at a a tight end that I'm really curious to see draft capital wise, where he goes, Brock Bowers out of Georgia. I don't think he's draft eligible until 2024. So we're not going to be talking about him this coming April, but next April is when you're going to really be talking about Brock Bowers. But I am very curious to see, because he could be, he could be the next like Travis Kelsey type of guy. But I mean, then again, on the other hand, we did also say that about Kyle Pitts and look how, (laughs) look how that's gone in 2020. I know he caught a touchdown, but still, I mean, like it's not certainly not been what you want um, before we go. Uh, one more from me, uh, Patriots wide receiver, Tyquan Thornton rostered in just 2% of Yahoo leagues, Matt, which is obviously means he, even in the most competitive of leagues, he probably is just being stashed right now. He probably, he only came off the, uh, the uh, IR, I think what a couple of weeks ago. So he's only played, I think in two games uh, on uh, against the, uh, the Browns on Sunday, uh, Thornton caught, here we go. He caught, 40, he played 40 snaps. He caught a touchdown and reached the end zone also as a receiver, as, as a rusher as well. So I don't think that's going to happen every single time. They just didn't have Damian Harris. They wanted to try the rookie out. He's very, very fast. He had a 10.6 mile an hour speed in the, in the hundred meter dash in high school, which is pretty wild. So he's a fast kid. He's a little slight, but a 2%. I mean, if the Patriots continue to operate their offense like this, even when Mac Jones does come back over Bailey Zappi, I think you could, again, and we talk about, we use the phrase, you could do a lot worse. I think Tyquan Thornton is, is as interesting to me as some of the other kind of fringe wide receiver prospects. Yeah, I would, I would agree with that. And uh, I mean, Bailey Zappi threw for over 300 yards yeah. this past Ooh. week. I mean, that's not, that's nothing to sneeze at. And I mean, the Brown secondary is, is decent. I wouldn't say it's horrible, but it's, it's decent. And, and he had a day on them. So, I mean, we'll see what, what happens against the bears coming up, but I mean, that's probably not the game that you start Taekwon Thornton, but see how it goes because that's a good secondary. And then I believe new England's matchups, they start to open up a little bit after the bears, if I'm not mistaken. So it, it is a guy. Absolutely. K- kind of like the conversation that we had with, with Gus Edwards, like put him on your roster Gus Edwards is a little bit different because you could still maybe put him in an IR spot, but put him on your roster and kind of see how it goes. Because I mean, everybody has droppable players at this point in the year. 
Like you're not holding on to Kenny Galladay anymore. Like that that ship has has sailed. You're not holding on to Kadarius Tony. I like no, how I just no. mentioned two Giants in that conversation. <laughs> but you know you're not you're not holding on to Devonte Parker. Like there there are plenty of drops that you can have. Um, and then and then we will kind of see how he gets worked into the offense as he comes back from injury. Because there's also that factor as well. He's going to play more snaps. They invested in him. He's going to play more snaps. He's just coming back from injury. I, I wouldn't be surprised to see his snap count really rise this coming week. I mean, hey, it would, it would certainly benefit the Patriots to have a, a more reliable receiver like that, that's not named Jacoby Myers. So Jacoby Myers has been pretty reliable. But I mean, he can't do it all. They need a couple other guys, and if if Thornton can be one of those guys, and I'm not like you said, I'm not so sure about Devontae Parker, not so sure about Nelson Aguilar, not so sure about Kendrick Bourne. But if if Thorne can supplant those guys, and he certainly has the draft capital in real life to do so, then I, I think he's he's definitely going to be fantasy relevant to a degree if Zappy or when Mac Jones comes back continues to sling it. Um, real quick before we go, because that was it for our waiver wire pickups, but this just coming in from Adam Schefter in the last couple of minutes. Ravens signing veteran wide receiver Deshaun Jackson at 35. Jackson is back for his 15th NFL season. Um, I don't think that is really fantasy relevant whatsoever, but I figured I'd just say it in case you had some, some uh, insight into that, Matt. But again, I'm not sure that's going to move the needle too much. I just wonder what that means for for Rashad Bateman's injury. Because Rashad Bateman was the guy that was stretching the field yeah. for Baltimore. And unless they're bringing in Deshaun Jackson to do the same type of thing and then just be able to move Rashad Bateman around the formation. Uh, but I, I mean, I'm not going out and touching Deshaun Jackson because I think there's better options. But it, I, I wonder if it tells us a little bit more about what's going on with Rashad Bateman. I haven't seen anything if he's going to be in this week or not. It sounded like maybe he was close, but... Who knows that that those types of moves really kind of give me pause because I wonder what the domino effect is with those. Well, probably it probably to me, it maybe just sounds like a maybe like a safety valve type of thing. Maybe safety valve is the wrong, wrong, wrong word, wrong uh, terminology, but just like a an, an break glass in case of emergency type of thing. And they can get Deshaun Jackson on a field just to have a couple more options, because let's face it, Mark Andrews is always going to be the number one guy, even when Rash- Rashad Bateman does return. But after Mark Andrews, if Bateman is out, are you really going to rely on Devin Duvernay too, too much? I'm not, I'm not saying to crap on the guy. It's just that like, if you want a more, I think, trusted option and just having Mark Andrews and then Duvernay after that is just not, is not good enough for a guy who ha- I think has MVP aspirations. So again, that's what I think it is a break glass in case of emergency, but you're right. It probably does belie the injury to Bateman, meaning that he might be out this week. Maybe they're just, maybe they're just being cautious, but again, fantasy perspective, I don't think anyone should be rushing to the waiver wire to pick up uh, old DJ. Oh no, don't do that, please. We did not give you that advice. No, do not did, do that. We did not say that. No, absolutely not. Okay. That does it for our waiver wire edition. Hey, uh, are you excited for uh, saints cards on Thursday? Are you, are you chomping at the bit to watch? Uh, I don't even know who's going to play quarterback. You heard Andy Dalton injured his back and like maybe Jameis Winston. He did suit up as the, as the like emergency guy this past weekend. So maybe that means he's healthy enough to play on Thursday, but Ooh, boy, Saints are uh, quarterbacking for them. That not looking so great after Drew Brees left, eh? Uh, no, we could see the Taysom Hill tight end start. It's true. 
we could we could see that uh, putting up QB numbers. I am keeping an eye on that because if he's starting, you can guarantee that I am starting him in my tight end spot this week. Oh yeah, the revenge of Taysom Hill. We'll never we'll never be free of talking about Taysom Hill, Matt. I, that's, uh, that's no, not I, until he retires. Yeah, that's what I've realized. Okay, that's uh, that's my Marchese, Matt. Enjoy the uh, Thursday nighter. Best of luck with your waiver pickups, whether or not you are grabbing Wandale Robinson or not. And I'll talk to you on Sunday. Sounds good, buddy. We'll talk Sunday. That's Matt Marchese. I'm Show Ali. You've been listening to The Fantasy Show. We'll chat on Sunday, 8 to 10 a.m. Eastern on the Sportsnet Radio Network.